149 episodes. Yeah, buddy. Let's get it. guys what's happening welcome back to the show uh, creating space i'm your host wes knight and really excited about this episode this week for those of you who are heavily endowed into the social media game you might have seen this guy jeremy haynes on either facebook ads or instagram ads jeremy haynes is building megalodon marketing company down in miami and he's helping companies grow uh, specifically personality brands Guys like Grant Cardone, guys like Ty Lopez, Jeremy Haynes has uh, had a part in building their online business, and now he's helping himself while he helps others as he's documenting the journey. But before we get started in that, um, I want to talk a little bit about a decision that I've made over the last few days. Now, in working with one of the sponsors here at Creating Space, QuickFixGeek.com, their CEO, Brian Harrison, and I have had a multitude of conversations about quieting the noise in life, about taking chaos and ideas and this jumble inside of the mind, you know, all of the touch points that the life of 2017 in the digital age can hand you, whether that be via text message, whether it be via email or social media notifications or alarms, what have you. Bryant is the king and his entire Quick Fix Geek squad is so good at taking noisy systems and processes and quieting them, just making them work. And the greatest thing about this is in doing this, I was talking to him a little bit about my pain points, right? In the digital age, this website game, SEO, AdWords, all of this stuff, building WordPress sites. I was like, Brian, look, man, this is not what I'm here to do. This slows me down. Is there any way that we can begin to work together so that I can take back some of the most valuable components of my life, which are my time and my lower levels of stress. And Bryant was like, look, Wes, let's work this out. Why don't you bring all of your website over to our hosting site? We'll host it. We'll manage it. We'll secure it. We'll protect it. Once you drop it over into our Quick Watch program, We'll be able to optimize you so you'll show up uh, faster on Google. You'll, you'll resonate higher on the analytics there. Not only that, we'll make sure we update it around the clock so that you don't have to. And then I was like, okay, this is great. Like, obviously, I don't want to be on GoDaddy anymore. I don't want to be on the same site, hosting site as like a grandmother with all pictures of her cats and whatnot. But, um, Look, man, you know, does your team, can they, can they help me build landing pages for my webinars? And can they, can I really offload all of this stress that's taking away so much time in my life, in my team's life to be able to literally just focus on the things that can help my business grow and can make all of the external noise quiet? Brian was like, sure, man, we'll put you on the ultimate plan where every month you'll have unlimited changes and I'll put you directly at work with our team and they'll help you build the landing pages from scratch that'll offload all of that noise. And I started working with them 
And it's been the simple best decision of my professional career. All of the time and the noise and the stress of trying to build websites, trying to do SEO AdWords, all of that is gone. And it made me start to think about all the other things in my life, like social media notifications and how deep into Instagram and Facebook I can get and down that rabbit hole. And I've decided to step away from that as well to quieten some of that noise. In my life, after talking with Brian and just chatting about systems and processes that work, that are just quiet and that don't cause any trouble, it's been allowing me to optimize the rest of my life. So I went back to Brian. I'm like, Brian, I've got to provide this service to the Creating Space tribe. He's like, perfect. Here's what I'll do. So this is the offer that we're going to shoot over to you guys, the Creating Space tribe. Any of you guys listening right now who have this problem, who are resonating at this level, whether you need a website built from scratch or you need a team around you to help you host it, to help uh, get it uh, optimized, to make sure that it's running smoothly so you can just focus on growing your business, selling your product or service, and making sure that your time is spent doing the things that fill you up. We're going to set you up with this great deal. So Bryant specifically wants to work with you one-on-one. So I've got you set up with a great website, and I'm going to drop it into the show notes. So just open your phone up if you're interested. Take a look down. Look for the link. It's going to be quickwatch.support slash creating dash space. Nice and easy. It's going to be in your show notes, so you can check that out at any point. You get in there. You fill that form out. You're going to get a one-on-one conversation with the CEO of Quick Fix, Brian Harrison, and he's going to take care of you specifically. And not only that, you're going to get 10% off your um, maintenance fee for an entire year. 10% off for an entire year of any maintenance fees that you will acquire from moving your site or designing your site from scratch with quickfixgeek.com. It's a uh, It's incredible. It's such a great offer, and I cannot wait to see those of you who can take that offer to the next level. But without any further ado, let's jump over. I hope that you'll enjoy this conversation with Jeremy Haynes. This guy, talk about the necessity to like buckle your seatbelt and really take a hold of the oh shit bar. This guy's level of intelligence, this guy's logic, and this guy's understanding for life is truly incredible. So without any further ado, man, let's hop into this wicked convo with Jeremy Haynes, CEO of Megalodon Market. Guys, what's happening? Jeremy Haynes on the other line. Guys blowing up people like Grant Cardone, Ty Lopez, Andy Frisella. Guys got Megalodon Marketing and no one knows just about how big it's going to explode. It's already here. But it's only a, a, a matter of time before it launches into the atmosphere. Um, Jeremy, known as just Jeremy on IG. What's happening, my man? Welcome to Creating Space. Hey, thank you for having me on the show, Mr. West Knight. Glad to be here. Glad to be here. <laughs> yeah, uh, listen, this is exciting. I, I'm doing a lot of things right now on pay-per-click advertisement. I got a couple of uh, individuals in my life right now that are really shifting me to help make great decisions in the digital game first name they came up with was yours said reach out to this guy he'd be a great he's a great personality a b's got a great story and he'd be great for your audience so i swept into the slid into the dms you know what i'm saying all of a sudden it was 
let's figure this out. Let's make some magic for the audience, man. So I'm just glad you're here, dude. Hey, shout out to whoever hooked it up originally. And uh, like I said, thank you for having me. Excited to deliver some value today. <laughs> yeah, yeah. First of all, before we get started, man, the Creating Space podcast is all about constructing your best life, man, from mindset on to reality, uh, decision making and so on. Gratitude is at the forefront of, of, of what we're talking about, man. First and foremost, before we start this, like, what are you grateful for today, Jeremy? Absolutely. Every day of my life, I actually practiced something that uh, David Meltzer taught me. And David Meltzer, he was the uh, CEO of Samsung Mobile and then had gone through essentially like a life collapse. We had filed bankruptcy and just watched his own life kind of slowly crumble to the point um, where he had to rebuild it. And he says he wasn't depressed more than one day and he was pissed off more than anything throughout the whole process. But he had uh, spoken to me about every time in our life where we go through things that are just you know, horrid things to most people, um, those end up being the greatest possible things that we could ever go through. So I personally am thankful for a lot of things that a lot of people aren't. For example, I had two of my best friends growing up that were horrible, just absolute anchors for me that literally tried to kill me on my balcony. They actually choked me out to the point after punching me a bunch of times. And literally, I was to the point where life collapsed in, couldn't see, couldn't breathe. I was let go by a third friend that was in the house. And that actually was one of the best days of my life because it cut two people from my life that ended up being two of the biggest anchors that I never would have identified as that. I'm thankful I sold my car, for example. Now I Uber everywhere. Can't tell you how much more productivity, time, energy, attention I've been able to retain from making simple choices and then kind of trust in the process of you know, efficiencies and what being grateful can do for us. And I find situations all the time that I'm able to be grateful for. I'm just, to be honest with you, after almost dying, grateful to be alive every day. I'm grateful for the opportunity to help others. You know, there's, there's literally a laundry list of things I could list off. But well, I, I like it, man. Yeah. I think that cutting anchors is a skill, man. Recognizing and being aware of anchors, number one, and <laughs> strategically and surgically remove things, people, places, ideas out of your life that don't serve you any longer. That is a skill Take set. Um, what was it? What, what <laughs> yeah. was it first that allowed you to to? begin to understand that all right these people just because they've served me in my life before are no longer going to serve me moving forward was that an outside influence was that reading like what was it that helped you make that decision straight away uh, no it's so you know even without having mentors books self-education courses anything online there's actually this thing innate inside of all of us that uh you know genetically hardwired it's that little switch it tells you that you know what's right and wrong so no matter what, no matter where you are, doesn't matter what level of self-education you have, you literally know what's right and what's wrong in each moment of your life. You don't have to necessarily forward educate or look back in order to figure out what's going on right now. Every single right. moment, you just say, it's going to be good or it's just going to be bad. So, you know, every single moment of my life, I constantly assess that. I'm in that state. Um, those two particular buddies just, you know, I, I don't want to sit here and talk bad about them consistently, but they had an issue where, you know, they had done um, and kind of gone down a path of consistent drug usage comparatively to what was dabbling and what was just kind of, you know, for fun ended up being more of an, uh, an issue for them. So sure. uh, there was a big lifestyle separation where, you know, after you really commit to success, um, that's, that's the difference in my opinion of okay. lifestyle is the commitment. So when you really go all in on something, you really choose to make something happen for yourself. You see every opportunity, you make every opportunity, you surgically and strategically remove things in your life. Yep. You don't need that block you, that are distractions. You mitigate all possible uh, obstacles in a sense, and you prepare to overcome the ones that you have to face in order to get to success. So after you really commit to that mindset, you do whatever it takes, including cutting family members. I spoke to my father for a few years due to the fact that even when I try to go back, not that I have any personal issues against it, just as a person, 
it's not good to keep negative people around you. You want to give people chances and opportunities, especially family members. Um, but you know, if it gets to the point where it's just a toxic negative relationship, whether you're educated or not, you just, you know, it's right. You know, it's wrong. And if you choose to really commit to success, you would never let uh, negativity, uh, anybody who doesn't influence your goals and help you actually visualize and create these things and, and push you to do it. Um, you got to you got to mitigate distractions, man. You got you got to make some cuts. <laughs> Absolutely, man. You got to cut the roster down. You got to keep your circle small, but your influence high, right? Um, you know, there's something so important to be said about the recovery of an athlete, right? You've got to perform optimally only through recovering optimally, and it's that time where you're taking in nutrition, you're taking your sourcing energy to prepare for battle, um, which is exactly what you're doing, man. You're cutting off all that excess. Check this out. There's this book called yeah. The Leading Brain. And uh, I read a lot. I read every day. And, and uh, The Leading Brain, I've been studying a lot of neurology recently. And neurology uh, truly uncovers a lot about your own self that from even a perspective of understanding psychology, which is the study of self, study of sociology, which is self around others and others around self, even spirituality and consciousness or you know metaphysics, none of it to me is compared to neurology because uh, neurology is the vehicle that makes everything else that I'm even studying possible to exist. And so through neurology, I've understood that we have two different types of, of, of switches, if you will, two different modes in our nervous system. We have rest and digest, and we have fight or flight. And so naturally, for literally tens of thousands of years, the human body, on a level that you and I, as, as success-oriented as we may be, and as every single listener on this podcast may be, no matter what we do, there's hardwired roots inside of our brain we can't change. There's literal sure. hardwiring that if we tried to change, we take a long time or a really deep meditation session to get to, whatever stuff I may not know about. You know, I, I don't know what I don't know. Long story short, understanding neurology and this whole you can flick a switch, right? When there's things in your environment where you're not having to use fight or flight as we used to for tens of thousands of years, all of that hardwiring in hundreds of years has had to switch to social fight or flight modes. So that whole system where a big bear or some, something that would kill us in real life would approach us or something like that, or an opportunity where we just have to survive, we've evolved to the point where we don't just have to survive anymore. We, we have this social awareness and social conscious element right. of our neurology that's evolving to the point where we're either constantly in a state of fight or flight from having the wrong social cues around us that trigger us to stay in that nervous system or we have things where we're more comfortable, where we watch sure. seat comfortability, where we rest, we digest, we chill, we're comfortable in a sense. Yet that fight or flight mode is typically what gets rapid growth, efficient growth, but you have to be aware. I wasn't even aware of those two modes until I, until I read that book, The Leading Brain. But long story short, if you have the wrong social cues, the wrong environment, negativity, the wrong people, you don't have the right things around you. Literally, from a neurological perspective, you're forcing yourself to stay in a fight or flight mode, which is inefficient because you'll never rest and digest. You'll never be able to recuperate, as you just described an athlete's perspective to be. You'll yep. never be in a state where you can, even on a neurological level, process the success-oriented lifestyle and the pressure that comes with being a high-level, high-performance entrepreneur and athlete, baby. Sure. So, so let's talk about that, man, because I'm all about performance, and uh, you're piquing my interest right now. So walk us through the day in the life of Jeremy Haynes when eyes open, laying in his bed, what happens next? So I like to immediately wake up uh, and just practice a state of gratitude. That's that David Meltzer challenge is uh, before your feet touch the ground, just go through what it is you're grateful for. So that's just become kind of like a habit for me. I just wake up because, um, you know, there's been times in my life where I wake up and I just feel bad or I feel stressed or like stuff from yesterday kind of carries over and you know, just immediately feel like shit. 
Um, so I want to avoid that. So I immediately feel good. And so after I do that, if I have a book bedside, which uh, 90% of the time I do, I like to pick up a book and immediately read uh, the other 10% of the time or give or take the day relative to how much I already know I have to do in business. I might pick up my phone instead. Um, and if I read a book first, I'm then picking up my phone. If I don't read a book, I'm going right to the cell phone where I'm catching up on all communication for the day. So at nighttime, I have a global brand for my personality brand and for my um, actual digital agency where we, where we help build personality brands. And so in both of those entities, things are happening around the world in real time in all different time zones. So I wake up to a flux of email communications, social media notifications, text messages, calls that I immediately have to prioritize. I immediately also have to assess what it is I have to communicate to my team, to my clients, to those I have to communicate with outside of those two entities and themselves. And I have to just coordinate. So as soon as I wake up, I get it off my plate. What I found is at different times of my day, I have to do hardcore levels of communication cycles. So I kind of strategically weave that in uh, several times throughout my day. But I've also mitigated that distraction by placing it into particular time frames throughout my day where I, I can enable myself to stay in flow, be high performance. Like right now, for example, my phone's not going to go off. I'm not going to look at it, right? You sure. have a time after this you set aside for that specific thing. Um, I've officially got to a point where after I wake up, I have to take a shower in the morning, like every day, no matter where I am, no matter where I'm at. I care if I'm in the jungle, I'm going and getting some water. <laughs> like uh, reading a book when I was younger and, and did some Tony Robbins material. I get in a, not an ice cold shower. I still can't do like the, the Wim Hof method of ice, ice, but like I make it cold. Sure. I just <laughs> wakes me up every day. I don't know what yeah. it is, but it's like, it's like God sent coffee just for, for a zap. And then, you know, I leave it a little warm. Um, get out. I hate getting ready, dude. I hate having long hair, but like I do it because I have a girlfriend who loves long hair and like <laughs> great for camera and stuff like that. But like, I hate having to like blow dry my hair and shit like that. It takes like five minutes. So I every day try to get that quicker. I get, I always have my outfit laid out from the night before because Steve Jobs, Dr. Dre, all the high successful people that, um, you know, have the ability to just buy the same outfit and not care what other people think because they have FU money. Um, I follow that principle by laying out my outfit the night before for the next day. So I don't have to think about it. So I don't have to exert that energy. Sure. Uh, typically I'm trying to keep up with my cell phone as well. Cause keep in mind, I already communicated to a bunch of people. So now I have a bunch of people communicating back to me. I eat breakfast every single day. I go to this place. Uh, this is why I told creation, the guy sponsored me dude. Cause this is a plug right here. So I, I might not even say the name, but I go to this juice place every single day where I spend a lot of money and I love it. I take, um, shots of, uh, you know, these things called feel better. I have lemon, lemon, ginger, turmeric, cayenne, Himalayan salt, all types of stuff. Um, I just, I eat really healthy in the morning. I eat like, uh, I'm vegan now. Uh, I shouldn't say vegan. I should call it the plant-based diet. I don't, I don't do the vegan lifestyle, but you know, almonds, pistachios, uh, you know, kind of like nuts and more brain food in the morning. At this point, I'm probably on the phone with some team members. Like my early morning, once again, is like handle as many communication cycles as I can because as an entity as a business I like to literally envision every person that I communicate to in my team after I officially coordinate them I can strategically envision them in my own mind talking to each other and clients and like whatever it is that they need to do after I just initiate it but they need to be initiated so sure. I always do that in the morning because I then know my own my own neurology it comforts me that there's things going on for my company in all these different areas um, at that point my day's dynamic dude I could show up at the office at like eight to 11 today i accidentally woke up at like 9 15 because i stayed up until four last night so i just try to get five hours of sleep in i typically go to bed between the same time though after that morning period i always i'm i'm just so live in the mornings dude so i always try to record like here here are my offices i don't know if you can see all this stuff but i keep a camera around i have the tripod and everything i'm surrounded literally by um, 360 whiteboards so i know everything i do as soon as i wake up is like 
I just talk a lot. So I, I just, why I have all my energy, I'm doing yeah. all my high energy things. Like when you go work out, right? Yeah. What's a personal trainer tell you to do as soon as you sit down? Do typically whatever's the hardest stuff. Like sure. you want to, if you're doing legs, dude, go do your squats. Like go do all your hardcore stuff. Go do leg press, all that stuff. Um, and after I get the hard stuff out of the way, same thing. Middle of the day, always dynamic. Most of the time though, it's sales calls. Um, it's, it's things like this, like podcast, PR related activities. Sometimes it's just handling things in my, uh, my agency mentoring program, the DMM, you know, doing live calls, webinars. Uh, it could be coaching clients. It could be talking to clients. Anything in the middle of the day is literally just wide open to business. Got it. I, I just get delivery food now. I'm all about efficiencies. Like I don't, I don't really cook anymore. I just get things delivered to me. I don't really go out of my way to like leave the little area that I'm in. I have an office in Beverly Hills. I live 10 minutes away. Um, most of what I do is like within this little area here for efficiencies. I'm not having to drive anywhere. If anybody wants a meeting, they can come to me. I learned that from Dan Fleisch. If anybody wants a call, if I have their phone number saved, I have a button that says wrapped up. Don't have your number saved. Who's this? They immediately text me. Let me know who it is. I try to get an agenda before every communication cycle. Um, and then by the end of the day, I'm trying to spend time with my girlfriend, trying to read again, trying to work out somewhere either in the morning, but preferably at night. Um, and I work out every day. I try to get abs in if I don't want to do like a full body workout, you know, but I always, always try to hit the gym for habit purposes. Um, really honestly, that's, that's a lot of my day. I used to travel every single week between Miami and, and, uh, LA here where I, I split live and work between, but mitigated a lot of travel due to efficiencies and wanting to be a high performance individual. So kind of took some time just to bunker down and perform more than I was, I guess. Um, but all in all, every single day is a lot of business, <laughs> a lot of cycles, a lot of activity, a lot of, a lot of forward movement, ton of communication, um, and a lot of coordination of other people that are working on my behalf. Podcasts, books, what are you, what are, what are you consuming to keep you innovating? What are you watching? What are you plugging into right now that keeps you fueled? Yeah. So there's this model, it's called the VAK and it just got expanded into what's called the VAKT. And so VAKT is uh, visual, auditory, kinesthetic, and tactile. So visual people, 35% of people in the world are visual, 25% are auditory, 40% are kinesthetic tactile. So visual people prefer to take things in visually. They prefer to exert themselves visually. These people are commonly dressed nicer, commonly have like nicer environments, nicer things. You can sometimes misconstrue that for having low standards. They could still be visual, but not, might not have as nice of an environment from lack of finances or something. Anyway, long story short, um, visual people talk with their hands. Uh, they typically draw things and they have a hard time just hearing people, right? If I try to sit down and um, listen to a podcast where I can't like watch the people talking or, um, you know, if I try to listen to an audio book without like strategically like making myself like sit on a couch and like look at something purposefully and like really focus, information just doesn't come in because I understand that I'm visual as far as like how I need to take things in. So I, I do a lot of courses. I work with some of the world's largest personality brands. And if they're not the world's largest, they're some of the top earners within their own industries that personally mentor me a lot when I get to work with them. So that's a great benefit for me. Um, I also have a lot of opportunity to mentor others. I'm constantly in front of people who are training me. Uh, video courses, uh, I'm constantly buying other people's products. I'm always a student. Um, I prefer masterminds. Uh, so that's where I get in a group of other people that are like-minded on similar levels or levels much higher than mine where they focus on me individually and vice versa to them. Yeah. Um, I, I just, you know, kinesthetic people are 40% along with tactile people are act on feeling emotional judgment senses touching things i'm a visual kinesthetic so if i can get like in front of something and touch it and feel it like and i can have a, an experience with it where like it moves me not emotionally but like you know it makes me like feel a certain way like powerful or um you know gives me like that that feeling of like intentions wayne Dyer would say i would uh prefer that 
along with visually taking information and preferably to, to auditory. So it's very important for whatever you're doing individually, listen to this podcast and you figure out which one you are, uh, which one is your preferred medium. And it can be different for your input and it can be different for your output. Most of the time they're the same though. There's a guy named Paul Webb who I, uh, who I learned that from. So shout, shout out to Mr. Paul Webb, but <laughs> I take everything visually. <laughs> yeah, I got it. So tribe, uh, I'm going to need you to put the second seat belt on. <laughs> Let's go. Roll cage bars. Like we're going <laughs> deeper, man. This guy's got value coming out of his fears Let's uh, go. right now. When you're talking about value-driven content, you're talking about people that are spewing things that are valuable in the world, brands yeah. and such that you want to represent. What are you looking for when it comes to personality brands that are step, you know, stepping in front of you? Yeah, so uh, 19 months ago, I quit working for Grant Cardone. Um, you know, for 13 months prior to me quitting, I was this digital marketing specialist, and it was a big team effort. I don't, I don't claim sole responsibility for what I'm about to say. Took help of the entire creative staff we had there. Took help of the sales staff, grant executives, accounting, all that stuff. Um, but long story short, when I walked into Grant's office, he was making $40,000 a month digitally. He was making millions of dollars a month by salespeople calling people on the phones. Um, they were using Infusionsoft. They had no idea what they were doing to uh, actually put information into an organized database. As CRM is what Infusionsoft is. It also has marketing automation capabilities. And they weren't doing any like ads, they weren't doing anything that would make them online revenue besides just having an e-commerce store grant, pushing some stuff occasionally, but not really a systemized automated process. Um, so I came in, I saw all that opportunity because I was head of marketing prior to that. This was at like age 20, um, almost three years ago now. And long story short, after 13 months, the, the database grew from 150,000 to 453,000. His revenue grew from 40K a month digitally to we averaged the 13 months I was there, $1.8 million a month. We're crushing <laughs> You know, we, we, we did a lot and I just understood because wow. I was a digital marketer, you know, I was doing Facebook ads, I was doing the retargeting, I was doing all the emails, I was creating marketing automation for months for his two main, uh, you know, info products. I was training all the salespeople, all of the creative people, all the accounting, all the executives on, on using Infusionsoft. Um, and I just became so aware of like this whole business structure and what info products were and how this model worked. And because I was a four-time failed entrepreneur at that point, I was already itching for entrepreneurship 13 months after you're making somebody millions of dollars a month. I was getting nice, uh, nice paychecks, but you know, still tens of thousands of dollars a month um, and not having like a guaranteed system. Every single day I was reporting the numbers that we'd make on digital. So I would see what we'd spend and what we'd make because I was the one spending it. And, and, uh, I don't want to say making it, but you know, I was the one once again that was, that was coordinating the process, controlling it and reporting it. So after becoming so aware, that's the best part of unlocking data and educating ourselves. We see new perspectives. We get to make new choices because we have new data to work with to make those new choices. So I chose to start my agency and then I never wanted to work with um, just general businesses or things like that or whatever. But for the first like two to three months of my business, just because I was you know brand new to business again, I just wanted to make sure that I could, I could survive in a sense before like getting my footing again. I did general businesses in the digital agency space, at which point after three months, I honed in and said, we're only doing personality brands. Um, we're only doing them for certain minimums and we're only doing the world's largest personality brands. At which point from like making that claim and having that intention, um, we started finding people within network marketing organizations, was a big one for us to start, where these top earners making eight figures, nine figures, um, you know, very, very, very uh, top level performers within all these different network marketing companies I'd never heard of, all wanted content created for their social and they all wanted uh, funnels. They all wanted to do info products. They all wanted a lot of stuff they didn't have. And those were people already doing speaking gigs, webinars, already selling things, but for network marketing companies. So that was a big uh, platform for us to start at which point 
from getting those results, we'd meet people at masterminds, events, strategic partnerships, and just friends and relationships that we'd built up. That's a big reason I'm here in California today is a lot of my uh, great connections live out here. It's a big concentrated area of very powerful people. Um, so that was a great resource for us to start for creating new relationships. And you know, one person after the other, we'd meet with, uh, for example, like we closed a deal with Armando Montalongo. He was the guy who did the Flip That House uh, TV show on a and &E in 06 to 09. Um, helped him, you know, he has a $200 million yearly business, but wasn't making a dime on digital. So helped turn that around. You mentioned at the beginning of the podcast, actually you mentioned Andy for selling ties. So Andy, for example, I can't necessarily claim in any regard that I've helped Andy grow his personality brand or you know, do anything outside of simply helping him get the foundational awareness to creating an info product when he's ready to create it. And I can't give a lot of details on this because it's NDA and he doesn't have this yet, but you know, he's, he's now creating something with confidence because he knows what he didn't know before. And that was through a relationship my partners had given me. So when it comes time for him to record and we've coordinated that going to St. Louis and actually getting that done at his first form headquarters there, that's going to, that's going to hands down be an incredible relationship where you know, we'll officially be able to execute on that knowledge he has with Ty, for example, same thing. Can't say I've just like Grant, hands-on done any of the ads. He has an entire team, if not hundreds of people at this point. I've gone in, consulted with the sales team for a few hours, taught them some similar stuff as far as how to contextually follow up, organize data, how to sell all these different people that are coming across, organize all these different high-ticket sale opportunities they have, and all in all, just unlock more data they didn't have. On top of that, I've trained in like five of these programs. Grants who personally, once again, I've helped lot. <laughs> Once again, I don't even go into too many details, but sure. 40,000, 1.8 million a month. Everybody else we've helped as far as all these large names, people we've actually taken on either outsourced roles, being their entire creative team with graphic designers, web developers, uh, copywriters, digital marketers, you know, coaching and consultants just to help them build these things. And we've helped make people over $25 million in tangible and intangible information product returns since I've left Grant's office. So, um, it's been awesome, but all in all, it's, uh, it's been, a, it's been a big process and a big transition, even being where I'm at now, being able to do it all myself, but comes with comes with the intention of wanting to help other people help people. So great business to be in. Yeah, listen, man, you, you got the juice. Uh, let me slow you down for a second, man. Let me, let me downshift this thing. Let me get a, a little bit deeper into this conversation because that's what I do. Let's go. Tell me, tell me what motivates you, man. What fuels this, this passion? What's the energy inside? Like, what am I, this fire that you're breathing? What's the, yeah. what's the source? Good question. So I was raised with a factory worker for a father and a babysitter for a mother. And I was in Akron, Ohio growing up where there wasn't any hope. Everybody was a factory worker. And even the people who were like, you know, doctors or whatever the fuck they were, they were making like a hundred K or like 120 K tops. Every factory worker was making like 50 K, 60 K. My mom after taxes, I think made like 25 K. Okay. So I'm raised in an entire uh, environment where I'm just conditioned to think like shit. There's no hope around you. Every time that you have a dream or something that sounds like it makes more than $100,000, people would just clip you at the knees and not support you where I grew up. Maybe it's different in other areas, but I had a miserable time. So I saw the world initially from a conditioned perspective that everything around me was negative, limited, didn't have potential unless you went to college to make more than 100K. However, uh, you know, at age like I don't know, 13, 14, I didn't like my parents' relationship very much. I, I sided with my mother more. So I started like fighting with my dad more in the house, like verbal arguments and stuff like that. Um, at which point that just grew immensely. So when I was like 15, 16, it would be like erupted arguments of just, you know, intense, like, I hate you, but I could never physically do anything because he would call the cops on me if I, if I would even try. So it was a horrible environment. It didn't feel good. It wasn't supportive. Um, it had no opportunity for me to, 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 you know, inspire myself that anything that I know now is possible. 
um, simply because it wasn't around me. Nobody was talking about it. <laughs> yeah. Telling me I could read books or watch people online, right? But um, hear me out. So I'm on uh, YouTube watching some video. I don't remember what it was. And like going down the right-hand side, there was a Tony Robbins video with like a blue background and, and Tony standing on the whiteboard. It said, uh, how to build self-confidence. And so I click on the video, it was six minutes and something long. And I was, I was early 16 at the time. And I watched this video. And, Dude, Tony just broke it down on a whiteboard of like how psychologically you're going through a process of um, you know, pain and pleasure and like you're always seeking one or the other. And through that system, depending on which one you're surrounded by and which one's like pushing you to do something um, is relative to like your perspective. He broke down my whole life in a moment in like six minutes. And I was like, damn, what the hell is this guy talking about? I was like, what is all this? so I had no idea that, um, you know, there were actually like other people out there that had that level of knowledge and, and could break it down for me like that, let alone that there was a lot more of that, you know? So, right. Uh, at that point, I was kind of exposed. I continued watching a lot of Tony stuff. That was the, it was the first person I really got into. Um, but not like the fluffy Tony stuff. Like, I mean, the deep psychological, like why people are doing what kind of stuff. And I understood it really well. I still do. Um, and I understand it at much more advanced levels than I did then, of course. But that enabled me to make $60,000 in only three months starting a video production company I called Haynes Films. And even when I would try to take it to keep people in my life and show them that I'd done this, they would tell me that it actually wasn't done. And then I was like, well, I'm not telling anybody about this shit. <laughs> you guys are all literally horrible. Um, at which point I actually realized, I was like, damn, I'm alone. I was like, this sucks. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. So it was like my family, like, you know, people around you tell you like your family's supposed to support you. And mine was like, not even just the opposite. It was like horrible. It was not what it was supposed to be. Um, and vice versa for, you know, everybody around me. Like there was people talking about like these successful things. Like I completely understand when people like me get in front of you with an ad that says you can make like 10 K client of why somebody where I was would completely be like, that's bullshit. Get out of here. You know, because that's sure. exact mentality you're conditioned to have, but that's exactly why people like myself and other, other personality brands and um, people pushing information that can just help people. It's why we do what we do is because everybody comes from that pain oriented background. So to be honest with you, I just, you know, I came from an environment where nothing was possible and, uh, it sucked so bad and it was so painful and there was, there was literally no hope um, because the light at the end of the tunnel didn't exist. The light was off, um, you know, from the direction you were told to look and, you know, I never literally from one person there uh, where I was had learned anything that had um, shown me like what I can simply just point somebody to today. I can point people to one book and I can say this will change your life, right? I can point people to one video that's six minutes long. It'll change your life. Nobody there, um, you know, talking about these things. And I completely get if I go back now from having a different perspective, I'm sure I'd see a completely different world. Yet it's exactly what I'm trying to say. I was a baby born with a blank slate and I was conditioned to think a certain way. So, you know, relative to my own parents controlling my reality or not, or, you know, everybody else around me controlling it. I don't even project what it is I'm describing to you now. I'm just simply describing the psychological process of what I was, what I was in while I was there and it didn't feel good. So long sure, story sure. short, I go completely out of my way now as a, as a passion from what Grant had exposed me to that there are people in the world who actually are just like Tony. Uh, and there's a lot of them that exist on many different levels and 95% of them don't even have 0.5% of the voice of somebody like Tony or Grant um, there's a lot of people who just don't know what they don't know. So I officially understand the system. I get how personality brands work. I, I have info products on creating info products itself. I have all of the right data um, and I just apply it because it's really awesome to 
to enable the people that can help people to actually have a platform to help them and do it. And more importantly, it's selfishly incredible to be able to do that myself for other people with what I can do mentoring agency owners or answering questions like what we're talking about now. It feels great to be able to, uh, you know, help people literally just like myself that I just kind of trapped and, you know, they literally don't know. But as soon as they see that one thing, their entire life changes, you know? So there's three levels, um, thought leaders, underneath thought leaders are the influencers, underneath the influencers are the masses. Do you consider yourself a thought leader or an influencer at this moment? Uh, yeah, great question. So I would actually say there's four categories and there's one in front of thought leaders and that's called teachers. Um, and okay. I don't really know what they are, but I heard it from uh, one of my mentors, one of my, one of my greatest mentors, my grandfather. You know, I can't like tell people to publicly go to his website or something like that and they can hear what it is he talks to me about. But um, there's a lot of esoteric wisdom in life and universal law that people just go against. Um, but there's these people uh, called teachers and they've existed for you know, ages. I mean, you can trace back in literally every historical moment that we have documented and undocumented or, or not necessarily as publicly known um, that have in a sense like you, you're describing like led the masses and like inspired thought yet somebody like myself who helps lit, hear, hear me out. Uh, teachers is what they're called are the people that are ahead of all that and the, the teacher role um, are the people who teach the thought leaders and te- the thought leaders inspire the influencers and the influencers inspire the masses so on and so forth and the masses can look up to any level and see it all but teachers are um, a lot less known I found that my own my own role has for example been literally the role of a teacher I at age 23 and since age 21 technically working in grants office have confidently and in a very articulate way, uh, been able to express and uh, systemize a process that some of the largest personality brands and thought leaders and influencers that teach the masses have followed, and it's worked for them. And outside of just that process and system, it's um, there's just a, a different kind of role that you can take on when you consider that, because it's um, a level that most don't see, you know, from helping personality brands that have influenced the influencers and the masses, I know where the personality brands, those thought leaders get their information from. You know, I know that it's just literally an enormous system of ever-changing recycled information that just has a different perspective on it. Yet, there's literally like a supreme source of information and it's just esoteric wisdom and like universal law. And even the thought leaders, you know, don't know about it because they they pull from like the recycle bin of other thought leaders. So there's a, as you're saying, a much deeper level that you can go to that helps that entire system. Dude. But I, on any level could resonate. Is this um, a guy like, are you talking about really, Alan, yeah. like Alan Watts? Like where, <laughs> where are you pulling your esoteric information? Where's your source for some of the things you're plugging into to give you high level perspective and consciousness, which allows you to a perform optimally or B exchange the information to the thought leaders to the yeah. you know, influencers and to the masses well for example you'll come across many different sources uh, a lot of people you can for example name a particular name i don't have one source you know my, my grandfather opened me up to the mindset of seeing everything that i'm describing to you now but it comes from literally everywhere it comes from just living life i actually have a reminder set my phone i'm sorry i'm doing instagram live right now i have a reminder set my phone every night at 10 p.m that says stop and reflect on the truth that you learned today let me ask you a question, right? If you uh, went and stood on top of your house, say it was two stories tall, and you just decided to walk off the side of the roof, which way would you go? Oof, towards a pool. 
<laughs> Hope you guys uh, enjoyed the humor there, but it's a great question, a very philosophical question that I want you guys to ponder on, and it's a great time to split this specific episode into two separate episodes, and I think that this conversation is profound enough to go ahead and make it a two-part series that we will debut uh, the second version of this episode tomorrow. So as always, uh, start to contemplate a little bit about what Jeremy's teaching and the philosophy behind um, what he's constructing, the ideologies that he's constructing. How are you optimizing your life? How are you mitigating obstacles? How are you making sure that the environment that you're putting yourself in is uh, healthy for your development and pushing you towards your goals? And obviously, a great question that we're ending on is if you were to walk towards the edge uh, and you were to walk off, which way would you go? So uh, we'll follow back up round number two tomorrow. Hope you guys stay tuned.